The following audio is from Shady Grove Presbyterian Church in Rockville, Maryland. Our mission is to follow Jesus Christ and labor for his kingdom both in our area and around the world. For more information about Shady Grove Presbyterian Church, please follow our Facebook page and visit shadygrovepca.org. If you would uh, turn with me in the bulletin or your Bibles to... Mark chapter 15, verse 33 through 39, uh, though today we will be uh, focusing primarily on verse 34. So I'll pray and then we'll, uh, we'll start uh, again. My name is Scott Melson, one of the, one of the elders here at Shady Grove, and I'm very thankful to uh, be able to, to preach God's word to you today. This is a, a text that is important to every believer, um, but uh, I've been able to meditate on um, and it's very dear to my heart, and I've always wanted to be able to preach it, and I'm, I'm very thankful for the opportunity to do so. So if I can put up the application before we even, before we even get going today, the, the reason why I wanted to preach this text is because I want us to focus solely on what it meant for the Lord Jesus Christ to be forsaken by his Father, and how that communicates such love and devotion from him to us. And, and that's what I want you to, to understand better at the end of this day. So let's pray together. Gracious Father, we praise your holy name. Praise the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, God of all creation, God of all life, the one true and living God, apart from whom there is no other. Heavenly Father, we come today to the cross to gaze upon the Lord Jesus Christ as he hung there on a plank of wood. During an occurrence that was foreordained from all eternity, that the perfect and sinless Lamb of God should bear the sin of the world that we might be called the sons and daughters of the Most High God and have full forgiveness of sins and full acceptance before you. Heavenly Father, I plead for your spirit to uphold me now as I, I speak. I pray, Lord, that I would simply speak the words, Lord, that you've given me today and to, to clearly communicate. And I, I pray that you would give your people ears to hear and eyes to see. For those, Lord, listening online and, and in in person today, for those who do not know you, I pray that they would be overwhelmed by the immense love that you have for the lost, for them, that they might come to know yourself and the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless us now as we make our way through the text, in Jesus' name, amen. Hear God's word. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, Behold, he is calling Elijah. 
And someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And a curtain, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two, from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. Today we come to the foot of the cross to look upon the Lord and consider him in the midst of his greatest trial and agony. Abandoned by God and man, the wages of sin is death, eternal destruction and separation from the God of heaven and earth. Here we see the Lord Christ at the end of his journey to be the atoning sacrifice for sinners. Here he must suffer the full weight of God's wrath. Here he is cut off and cast out into outer darkness. This was the price for redeeming sinners like you and me and bringing us back to God. The eternal Holy Son of God was made sin and a curse for us. This is the Mount Everest of the Word of God. We are told Christ was abandoned by his God. But eternity eternity will never provide us with enough time to unravel and comprehend the reality of the Lord's abandonment on the cross. And yet God allows our finite minds to peer into this great divine mystery and grasp slivers of truth to apprehend in some small measure the reality of the Lord Jesus Christ being cut off and forsaken of God. I want us today to solely focus on Christ forsaken and to see the Lord's great love for sinners. We must travel carefully up this path, and so we will follow the many who have gone before us and give consideration to what Christ forsaken does not mean before considering what it does mean. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What is this forsakenness not? When Christ hung upon the cross and cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was not mistaken in his words. He was truly and genuinely forsaken by his God. However, this forsakenness did not entail the dissolution of the Godhead. It was not during this time of isolation and forsakenness on the cross that the Son of God was somehow excised from the triune God. No, the Godhead remained intact. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. There is no possibility that somehow a person of the Trinity could somehow be dissolved or separated, that the essence of the divine triune God should be changed. And so we must be careful to identify that when Christ complained 
truly of being forsaken by his God on the cross, he did not mean that he was somehow excommunicated from the Godhead. He remained as he always was from all eternity, the Son of God, the I Am, the Ancient of Days. And so he was still on the cross in the time of abandonment. It also does not mean that there was a dissolution or a separation of the divine and human nature in the person of Christ. Christ's person was not dissolved in order for him to be shaken. Rather, it was only because Christ was the God-man that he could truly be abandoned and yet, and yet be upheld. And yet that sacrifice and abandonment satisfy what is needed for our salvation, what is needed for our, our atonement. So the person of Christ was not dissolved. The divine and the human forever joined for all eternity. When the Son of God became flesh, he took upon something that he was never before that point in time. He was never um, the God-man for all eternity, and yet something happened in time and history that was unchangeable, indissoluble. On the cross, he remains the God-man, the divine and human in the person of Christ. So much God as though he were not man, and so much man as though he were never God. These two natures perfectly joined in the person of Christ. And even still, during these three hours of his suffering, the abandonment of his God on the cross, he remains yet the Lord of glory, the God-man. It also does not mean that the love of his Father somehow ceased for him. Remember back in the Gospel of John where the Lord Jesus Christ in John 10 says, For this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life for the sheep that I may take it up again. Perhaps we can say, Never had God the Father loved the Son so much as this point in time in history as when he willingly went forth and laid down his life on the cross, willingly underwent the abandonment of his God, that he might draw to himself the sheep that had been given to him. He did not lose his father's love on the cross. Here, we are assured by Christ himself that it is for the very reason that he lays down his life for his sheep. His father loves him with an eternal and perfect love. So he did not lose the love of his father. Nor did the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross lose the support and upholding of God. While he did lose something, and while there was a severing and a forsaking in some way that was real and true and acutely felt by our Lord on the cross, never was there a time when the Father ceased 
to uphold him. In Isaiah, we're told with we're told that here is my servant whom I uphold. It is as though on the cross during Christ's suffering that his God upholds him with one hand in order that he might also be crushed by the other. In Isaiah, we are told that it was the Lord's will to crush him. While this surely cannot be comprehended by you and I, somehow the Lord Jesus Christ was upheld by his God while at the same time being crushed. While at the same time from heaven experiencing a cascading of wrath and judgment upon him for those whom he came to save, for the sins of the world. And so he did not lose support from his God. We also see this truth expressed in the words of Christ himself. For he never loses faith on the cross, though he is abandoned in a way that you and I, even the sinners in hell, will never be abandoned. He still said, my God, my God. He still had trust and hope in his God, though heaven were silent, though the heavens darkened. He still said, my God, my God, expressing his faith and his trust in the God that now has turned his face away. He still expresses his trust and hope in the God who gives no answer. He knows that the support is not withdrawn, though the feeling of God's affections is absent. So if the forsakenness or the abandonment that Christ suffered on the cross was none of those things, then what was it? We know from God's word that the wages of sin is death, both bodily and spiritual death. To be cast out from the presence of God for all eternity. Second Thessalonians says, of those who will finally be cast away, they will be punished with everlasting destruction away from the presence of the Lord. In Matthew 8, and several more times in the Gospel of Matthew, we are given almost the identical verse, that they will be thrown out into outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. If you and I if any sinner is to be saved, there must be a full, complete punishment of sin. God is a just God, and he does not merely forget in order to have mercy. Justice is not laid aside that forgiveness may be given. Justice is made complete and satisfied that forgiveness may be given. And this can only happen in the person of the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross, who for us and for our sins was made sin. He was made a curse for us in our place, taking the punishment due us. And somehow on that three, in, during those three hours 
of darkness, suffer divine abandonment away from the presence of the Lord. William Lane has a wonderful comment on what may be understood by this abandonment of Christ. And he says, This abandonment, it must be understood in the perspective of the holy wrath of God and the character of sin, which cuts the sinner off from God. Now on the cross, he who had lived holy for the Father now experiences full alienation from God, which the judgment he had assumed entailed. His cry expresses the profound horror of separation from God. Cursed is everyone who hangs upon a cross, was the statement with which Jesus had long been familiar, and in the manner of his death, Jesus was cut off from the Father. The darkness declared the same truth. The cry of dereliction expressed the unfathomable pain of real abandonment by the Father. When the Lord Jesus Christ cried, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In the text, it it may also be understood as, My God, my God, why did you forsaken me? As he hung on the cross and suffered the real abandonment of God, he suffered a cessation, a cutting off of the fellowship that he had known from the Father, from all eternity and throughout all his life on earth as the God-man. There was a cutting off, a ceasing of the affections and fellowship that he had. This is the Lord of glory on the cross. Look on the cross and see the ancient of days experiencing something that for all eternity he had never experienced before. There was no obligation that he should engage in this effort to save you and I from our sins that we have committed in the punishment that we justly deserve. And yet the Ancient of Days, the Prince of Peace, purposed to mount up on the cross and to suffer divine abandonment from his Father. For all eternity, the Lord Jesus Christ knew the love, the perfect love, the perfect union that is in the Godhead that you and I are given glimpses of but will never for all eternity fully understand the sweetness of that affection, the depth of that union. And here, for you, finite, sinful, he gave up that fellowship on the cross. Think about that. For all eternity, we will ponder that truth. And and it will only cause us to give worship and glory to God more and more. As we ponder that truth, it will only serve more and more to increase our thankfulness and our gratefulness of God. It will serve more and more to enlarge our understanding of the greatness of God.
and of the magnitude of the sufferings of the Lord Jesus Christ on our behalf. The Lord of glory cast out experiencing the fellowship being cut off. Heaven darkened There's no reply. Truly separated by God and by man. Truly abandoned by God and by man on the cross. In his hour of greatest agony, there he hung and could truly say, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Can you think of any greater act of love for us than the Lord Jesus Christ to be made a curse and to be abandoned on the cross. I love to think about these verses, about this truth of of the Lord Jesus Christ being delivered up for us and being deserted that we might never, ever be deserted because it tells me and communicates to me of God's great love for me, of Christ's great love for me. He did this for sinners. He felt the unique reality of being forsaken by God in a way that even the sinners in hell will not experience. You see, that person in hell for all eternity will truly and utterly be abandoned by God. And Christ was truly and utterly, as we have spoken now, abandoned by God. But the sinner in hell has no remorse of not being in the presence of God. There is no sorrow of the absence of God's love and mercy. And while this separation is truly awful, it does not have that same effect upon them as it, does, as it did upon the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. For while he was indeed made sin and made a curse for us, he yet was the sinless, spotless, holy Lamb of God, who in his person did not deserve this abandonment, who in his person and being loved the Father with a perfect love. And so much more magnified is his pain of this desertion on the cross than even beyond those who suffered in hell. And yet, it was for you and me that he was abandoned on the cross. So I want us to take away three things. God's love, his great love for us, Christ's great love for us. The great humility that that ought to work within us and the great liberation that we ought to have as we meditate and this truth begins to sink deeper and deeper into our consciousness and our soul. And so the great love. When Christ died upon the cross, it is said in Ephesians that he died for us while we were yet still enemies. The Lord Jesus Christ suffered this great desertion for enemies, for those who hated him, and loathed him, and wanted nothing to do with him. And yet he suffered this so that they might be drawn near to him. 
whatever is happening in your life, whatever will happen in your life, whatever depression, whatever ups and downs that you might experience on this earth, you may never, ever doubt the love of God to you. For the Lord Jesus Christ loved you so much with an everlasting love that he chose to be cut out from the fellowship of the triune God for a time on the cross, from the affections of his Father, from the light of his countenance, that you and I might be brought into that relationship and that fellowship and never be abandoned. Such was his love for you and for me. What a love. Meditate on this verse as long as you have on this, on this earth. Meditate on the love of God for you. You can never, those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, can never be cut off. This love for you is unceasing, unchangeable. It is something that you can never lose. This love is beyond your comprehension. Even with glorified minds and glorified capabilities to, to drink in more of the, the person and the love and the attributes of God, you'll never fully understand how much Christ's love is towards you. To the one who loves Christ, does that not impact you? Does that not move you to awe and to worship that Jesus loved you so much that he would suffer divine abandonment? If you're listening in an earshot of this message and you have not come to love the Lord Jesus Christ, how could you not come to the Savior? See today God holding out his son and saying to you, my friend, here, here is Christ abandoned for you. Take him. Take him. Come into the fellowship that he has purchased for all who would come to him on the cross that you might come into the fellowship and love of the triune God. Did Christ not say that he and the Father are one and that his desire for you and I be that we also share in that same unity and fellowship and oneness? If you've not put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will find no love like this in this world. No person, no thing capable of returning or giving you so much devotion and love as Christ the Savior can give you and offers you now in the gospel. And so it should also work in us great humility. If you and I, if our sin is so bad that it would merit the Son of God to come down into this world and take upon the likeness of human or the likeness of sin to take upon all sinless humanity and to bear our sin fully on the cross to bear divine abandonment and forsakenness 
if our sin is that bad, then surely there is no boasting in the flesh that we can make. Surely there is no boasting in anything that we could ever do or hope to accomplish. How this ought to lower and humble us. That we might love one another and put one another ahead of ourselves. How this ought to lower our self-importance. How this ought to give us a better understanding of our lowliness before God and the great price that was paid for us. As I think about my own salvation, I you ever have something happen in your life where either you <laughs> you have this sudden death or this uh, this this uh, this brush with death. Or something happens to you completely unexpectedly that that's important to you and that you never could have fathomed how it could possibly happen, but you you're so thankful it did, but you have no idea how it happened. That's how I often think of my own salvation. It's it's so wonderful, so important, so amazing, and yet I have no idea how I could be the recipient of so great a love. And so great a salvation. Everything that you and I owe is to God. Everything that we owe is to God. So let us ask that he would humble us more and more, that he might receive more and more praise. And also should to liberate us to live this life and the freedom in which we share in Christ. If Christ loved us so much, we're told that what shall separate us from this love of God in the Lord Jesus Christ? The answer given in Scripture is nothing. If you have been so loved by God, what more can be added to you in this life? What can be taken away from you? If you were so loved by God, if Christ so loved for you that he would be forsaken for you, does that not Put, into put things into perspective in such a way that, that you truly would joyfully suffer the loss of all things for the sake of Christ. What does it matter what pains would come to you in this life if you have this love of Christ? It gives the believer great liberty to live this life. As we go away today, meditate upon the verse, upon the, the words of Christ on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Meditate on these words that it might enlarge your love for him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would that you would glorify your name that you would glorify your son bring honor and glory to him in our lives through our words bring glory and honor to him by bringing in the lost
We pray, Lord God, that you would give us greater and greater understanding of this divine forsakenness that Christ suffered in our, on our behalf on the cross. Continue to be with us, Lord. Now we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.